Hey, welcome to Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Hey, welcome to Faith Marketplace, another exciting episode here. Uh, we're getting close to 800 interviews. I can't believe it in 11 and a half years. And uh, I have a fabulous guest on here that... Uh, uh, in full disclosure, we're working with him as G7 is working with him. And I think you're going to get real excited about some things we're going to share with him. But I'd like to introduce you to Dana Dunmire. He is the president and CEO of TQI. And they're in Clarksville, Ohio. So it's kind of proximity of three big metropolitan areas, he tells me. Dayton, Cincinnati, and someplace else. So uh, welcome, Dana. Thank you very much. Great to be with you. Yeah. Hey, uh, Dana, you know, you shared with me a, a quote, a verse that you, you like, and uh, I'd like for you to share it with the audience. And why is it meaningful to you? Why is it important to you? Sure. It's uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 6. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that are wind driven away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Wow, that's powerful. Now, uh, share with the audience, why is that important to you? You know, it's um, it's a life verse in the sense that um, it is my goal to make sure that I am not a waste of skin. Um, you know, from the time I was 15 or 16, I just felt like I owed God and I will never be able to repay him. And that's OK, because that's what grace is about. It's unmerited favor. But nonetheless, my life needs to be living for him. And that means I need to be like the tree planted by the streams of water. He is the one that can make me successful. Yes, he is. Praise the Lord. And uh, we need more prayer around that today than ever, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, with uh, some of the issues we have going on in the world. Um, why don't you share with the What do you want them to take away out of our conversation today, Dana? You know what? Anything that I do, anything that I can be a part of, I want it to point to God. Okay. God is good all the time. And so it's important to be a part of what he is blessing. This is part of the abundant life. So I would say the fact that God is good and he has a plan for us, and that sweet spot is saying, Lord, where do you want me to be? I would say the second thing is, is that God is faithful. He is faithful, and you just can't say it enough. You can take his faithfulness to the bank. I would say the next one is, is that God calls us to be solution providers. There is no such thing as a just a uh, type of person. Everybody matters. Everybody has a calling. They may not understand it yet. They may not totally understand what God is doing in their lives and how he's taking them, but they matter. And there is a purpose that he has designed them for. I'm convinced of it. Amen. Amen. You know, and I just shared in a LinkedIn uh, um, posting that uh, it was about your calling and all that. And I said, it's taken me almost 70 years to figure out what my calling was. <laughs> mm. And thank the good Lord, you know, because it, uh, it was there, like you said, it was there, it was kind of inherent and all that stuff. And, and 
gifts that I've been given and things like that as far as uh, talents. But it just really became apparent to me within about the last decade exactly what that was. So this is very appropriate, and I appreciate that. Um, look, you've got a big, big testimony here, and I know there'd be a lot to talk about. But if you could briefly give the audience some of your journey, okay, because it's sure. been something. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, I felt like God was calling me to be a pastor back when I was 16 years old. Um, went through the training, went through schooling, uh, was educated became a pastor. And uh, I think my very first church, I, my wife and I both went through school very fast. Um, and our first church, I think I was 21 years old. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Kind of an amazing scenario. Went through all kinds of trials, difficulties, the stuff that they never teach you about in Bible college or seminary. But nonetheless, I ended up with 20, 22 years of pastoral ministry. In 94, I felt like God was calling us out of pastoral ministry. Um, we used to go and I would, I would pray and, and fast for about three or four days every other quarter to try to understand, you know, where does God wanting to take my next messages that, you know, for the, for the next quarter. And during one of these times, I felt like he was saying, I want you to go on a faith journey with me. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of passed it off. Uh, frankly, I was always led to believe that if you're called to be a pastor, if you do anything else, you're turning your back on God. And so I just right. dismissed it. I'm just thinking, well, I'm just hungry. Uh, you know, it was the fasting. Uh, the next quarter came, the same message. This time I brought it back to my wife and she was a third generation pastor's kid. And she said, well, my goodness, that would be like turning our backs on God. We can't do that. I said, well, yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. So we dismissed it. The next quarter comes, we're taking it more seriously. We're hearing God. And so we ended up uh, resigning our church. We were in Southern California and uh, loaded everything we owned into uh, a bunch of U-Hauls, started making our way across Texas. And we had some sort of an incident on the highway, had an accident, lost a number of things that we had owned. By the time we ended up in Cincinnati, um, we were there for about three months and we ended up homeless. Wow. Uh, and so it was my wife, two daughters and I, and we were homeless. Um, we found a sleazy hotel, one room hotel, you had to score the word sleazy three times to be able to get an appreciation for it. <laughs> it was this sleazy hotel that we found, and we were there for about six months. Wow. And as we tried to figure out how we had totally screwed up life, how we had completely apparently turned our back on God and he was punishing us. Uh, my wife got a job with Kelly Services as a temp. I got a job with Kelly Services as a temp, just trying to put food on the table. So GE Aircraft Engines, was looking for somebody who quote unquote knew something about this new internet thing. I said, <laughs> Hey, that's me. Um, I jumped in and I found myself, I was the only worker bee put in the middle of about three VPs and about five general managers. And my, the, the task was tying in the department of defense with the FAA and GE's quality systems group. Wow. Um, so I'm doing that. Um, three months into this, I was making 10 25 an hour. Uh, a lot of money. <laughs> and as I'm doing that, I just felt God's thumb in my back again, saying, get a meeting with the president. And so I started asking what makes the president tick, started inquiring of the couple of the VPs that had taken a liking to me. Long story short, they got me a minute, I don't know, probably four and a half minutes, five minute meeting. And they said, listen, he does not understand technology. Um, he doesn't even have a computer. At that time, you were called 
a secretary as opposed to administrative assistant, his admin basically had the computer printed out his emails. He scribbled down a note on it and she would send it back. So they said, you know, he's not going to get it. Whatever you want to talk about, don't feel bad. Just tuck your tail between your legs like a sulking dog and head out the door. Long story short, um, two and a half weeks out, I got the meeting and I put together a three point sermon. One, here's where we are using the internet. Two, here's where I believe we can go using the internet. Three, I think I'm supposed to be the one to take you there. And then I gave him an altar call. And the altar call was, A, you can either hire me on a Z-band and we'll lead GE in this venture. B, you can allow us to start our own company and we'll lead GE in the venture. Or C, if you don't like either of those, I'm going to take this next door to Procter & Gamble because they'd love to have it. <laughs> so... He turned five minutes into an hour and a half. Wow. Uh, wow. He, <laughs> uh, he told the uh, VP that had been coaching me along a little bit on his personality, said, I want you to take Dana to the Capitol, Ohio. So it'd be Columbus, Ohio, and um, get his new company underway, the paperwork, the insurance, everything. Tomorrow morning, his new company is going to lead us in the internet. Wow. And um, so this was just off to the races. Yeah. So what I didn't know was that behind the scenes, he had been meeting with Jack Welch and 22 other presidents down in Boca. And Jack Welch's message to all the presidents of the larger companies was get ready for the internet. Within five years, you have to be doing a billion in e-commerce. Wow. So this guy's fretting. He doesn't have a computer, doesn't know squat, comes back and God just lays me right in his lap. I love and it. And so we're off to the races. Well, one it. thing led to another. He started bragging about him having his own uh, solution. Then I get a call from GE Medical Systems and they said, hey, if you can do it for aircraft engines, you can do it for us. Right. Then I got called from GE Plastics and then GE Appliances and GE Research and Development. <laughs> and God grew our company to about 300 employees in three years. And that's at the height of the dot-com days. Uh, I got a call from Omaha saying, hey, would you like to buy your company? I said, what a coincidence. I'd love to sell it. So we sold it. But um, six months into my 18-month non-compete, GE came back to me and said, we want you to start a new company. We'll bring all of our business back to you. Long story short, we did that. We said yes. And we were just back off to the races. Uh, we got sued. Uh, GE told us we had to cover their legal fees if they got sued for it as well. But uh, 18 months later, we didn't win any money. We just won the right to keep on doing business. And um, GE was a th within their right to work with anybody they wanted. So we were not doing contractual interference. Um, GE sought us out. So we're back to the races. True to their word, they introduced us to Boeing, to Snecma Aerospace, to Lockheed Martin, to Grumman, and we were just back off to the races. Wow. Um, <laughs> GE hired us to do research and development and technology solutions for them, all web-based. Um, then we started moving out and started um, productizing everything that we were doing. Uh, we started working in banking, started working in manufacturing, small businesses, venture capital, uh, just a variety of different areas. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Dana. Uh, how quickly after all that transpired, did you get out of that sleazy motel? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Once you make 1025 an hour and you're yeah. working 40 and 50 hours a week, you can be motivated pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a God story if I've ever heard one, you know, uh, was, was the CEO a believer by the way? Oh no, no, no. Uh, Here's what I do know. I think God needed to bury me. Um, I needed to be ground down because I, knowing myself what I was, 
I probably would have taken credit for it back then. Ah. So um, there was nothing left for me to take credit for. There was nothing of value to me. I love it. Well, oftentimes we got to get down there, you know, to get to ourselves and get out of the way, you know, before yeah. God can can work with us and do uh, do what he has planned. You know, it's interesting about it. It gets a bit frustrating. And I know I've, I've calmed down from the frustration, you know, is uh, if you want God to smile and laugh at you, tell him your plans. <laughs> you know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I really started to realize is that I, you know, I got to be patient. I just got to sit in it. I got to pray on it and God will manifest it. And he's done it more times than I can count. And I'm sure, Dana, you've seen the same thing. Well, listen, let's get down to business here and let the the, the folks listening as to what it is your business is. And uh, so what would you say the product or service is of your business? Well, we have both products and services. We've got about 90 of them. Uh, there's packages, there's bundles. It really depends on how large or how small the uh, need is or how large or how small the business is. Um, the main products that we've created are software as a service. So you'd never buy the product. It's kind of like the electric company. You don't have to go off and buy an electrical generator to get your lights on in right. your house. And so uh, we provide software as a service and our product is called the Omnisphere. It is basically, it is a headless um, a digital experience platform. Um, it provides things like portals, the websites, uh, inspires social donations, e-learning, CRM, uh, Compass BI and analytics, as well as engaged communities. So there's a big suite of offerings within there, but they're all designed so that they will integrate with any and every product out there available. Okay. So by the way, you, you, you hit a note there with CRM. It's people that listening to this, that's called customer relationship management. It used to be good old just contact management or database. You had. I go all the way back to the beginning of those things. Uh, and, um, you know, and it, that's really important because a lot of people have these and they don't know what to do with it. And then mm -hmm. trying to integrate data back and forth with all the different things you're trying to do. So what you're basically sharing with me is on your platform, you can take it from anywhere and get that all of that integrated and then make some sense out of the data. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. So one of the things about headless technology is that mm -hmm. we can integrate with anything. So if somebody says, well, listen, we've already invested $50,000 or millions of dollars into our CRM you can say, okay, use yours. Uh, yeah. Maybe they're using Salesforce. Maybe they're using right. a, a Blackboard product, whatever. We will integrate seamlessly with those through the use of APIs and through right. the entire digital trans transformation types of capabilities that we have. And right. we make it all work seamlessly with their web, with their portal. Maybe it's with customer interfaces that are personalized for those customers. Right. Uh, and we're giving them real time data and information and analytics. I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help businesses be more efficient and effective in getting results from their marketing technology. With their vast experience, Inbound Studio builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. As a result, the company has evolved to be a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. I encourage you to check them out at www.inboundstudio.com. What problems are you, typically are you solving for people with your platform? I'll give you a perfect example. Um, besides helping them to sleep better at night, Mm -hmm. um, 
we have an organization that had 34 different disparate systems. None of them would talk to each other. Um, and it was because they'd grown from two people to about 500 people in a period of about 20 years. During that time, they didn't have processes in place. The idea of their tech guy was the guy that could get the president's printer working. And so <laughs> there was, no, you know, it was just, it just wasn't real focused, but you know, they were growing, they were trying to do as best as they could. So anybody could choose any software they wanted. They brought it together. They had 34 of them. And in this particular scenario, we were able to look and say, well, why do you have three CRMs? Why do you have this? Why do you have that? And so during our engagement process, and it's strategy, by the way, it is helping them to save time, money, and manpower. But during this engagement process, we listen a lot. We ask them a lot of questions. We find out what they have. And we were able to eliminate 29 out of the 34 technologies they were using. Wow. Save them a half a million dollars a year while doing it. Wow. That is impressive. Um, So um, what I got to share with you, I mean, I think I know what it is, but how would you say to, I mean, there's a lot of web services. There's a lot of the stuff that's out there, Dana. What makes yours unique? You know, I would say ours is unique because it's been created off of the experience of the Fortune 3, the Fortune 5 companies that paid us to do research and development back in the early days of the internet. We kept it growing along. We're on the fourth generation of our software. We've stayed up with the advances in the technology. Um, So I would say it's blended experience with the big focus, just like Jack Welch wanted. We're going to save time. We're going to save money. We're going to save manpower. But we also are going to increase our top line growth. And so that's been the big focus. You know what? If you are strictly Christ-centered, you can say, oh, you're trying to be good stewards of the money. And our goal is to make sure that IT is not a cost center. It is a profit center for the companies and the clients that we work with. Yeah. And also that you try to make it that it's not the complaint center also. (laughs) For sure. I got to tell you, you know, nothing frustrates me more than stuff that doesn't work or it's too complicated for me to try to figure out. Now, part of that is, you know, let's face it, it's (laughs) age-based. You know, but uh, and I think I'm I think I'm ahead of my peer group a little bit. But the same thing, you know, I don't care whose product it is or whose uh, you know technology it is. If it's not simple and doable and quick, you know, not so quick, but you know, you can step through the process. It's logical. It makes sense, you know, and all that. Um, then, um, frankly, I'm out. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. make it hard for me, I'm gone. You know, so right. I applaud right. that. Are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that helps you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming now in the Chicagoland area and around the U.S., so please visit g7networking.com for details and search for a chapter near you. G7 is looking for well-connected leaders of integrity and purpose, looking for what's next. 
If this sounds like you, please reach out to us via website, again, g7networking.com. Or if you're interested here in Chicago, just text me at 847-922-1498. Again, Bob Lambert, text me at 847-922-1498. Who are the ideal clients for you? Now, you've mentioned a big range of folks here, and maybe people listening here are just small mid-market businesses, you know, or solopreneurs or whatever the case like that. And they're thinking, gee, man, I, I can't work with Dana. His company's huge, you know. What would mm-hmm. you say to that? I mean, if, as far as people that you work with? Well, first of all, we're not huge. Um, I would consider ourselves a, a boutique type of company. Okay. Uh, we just do incredible things. Um, the average company that we're working with is probably between $3 million a year and $100 million a year. But okay. we are vertical agnostic. We don't care what vertical they're in. 80% to 85% of the same problems that the GEs and the Boeings of the world have are the same problems that the small, medium, and larger companies also have. Yep. You could be a startup. You could be well-experienced. Um, you could be a person uh, and a company that says, listen, this is the way we've been doing things. We have a bigger vision now. We need to be transformative. So they come to us and we say, let's dream together. We'll help them to achieve that. It's interesting. Um, since 2001, we have been blessed to be able to provide grants uh, over $48 million dollars to small and medium-sized companies and nonprofit ministries uh, to help them get from point A to point Z where, where they need to be. So Yeah, that is such forward. a blessing. What, now, what do you call that? It's a foundation like or a not-for-profit, it, right? You have- it is. It's, uh, we call it the Baraka Fund Grant. Okay. Um, we typically are able, depending on the organization, again, they have to qualify. Right. Um, they have to have great vision. And we just are not going to work with mediocrity anymore. We, we quit doing that a while ago. If they can convince us that they are, you know, the cat's meow, we're going to work with them. Um, okay. And we yeah. have uh, grants that will add up to between $3.10 and $4.35 for every $1 they're able to bring to the table. Wow. Um, wow. And then we stay with them for their success to make sure that it not only is built, but it gets off the ground and that they are saving that time, money and manpower and growing their business. We don't yeah. want them a customer for a customer for today and gone tomorrow. Um, our average customer has been with us for about 17 years. Um, wow. That's huge. That is huge. And that, that is a very big distinction and what you're doing. I love your heart for that. So if somebody wants to know about the Baraka fund, is that just go out through your website and they can see that and then they can fill out information. Okay. They we'll put that information out there for people to see, uh, to be able to get that. Um, I, I, this one is really an interesting question, especially for a guy like you, uh, you know, in, in, you know, in today's world, uh, what is trending? Uh, we're hearing a lot about AI and, and, and all this, you know, uh, stuff that's going on, but also what you see the trends are and what, what you're sharing with the clients to make them successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, AI is there. Um, but it's, there's a lot of scary with AI and there's yep. a lot of reason to be fearful with AI. Right. Uh, it needs right. to be entered into advisedly, kind of like uh, when I used to be a pastor, you know, we'd say, okay, this couple stands before us, they're entering into marriage, but they are doing so advisedly. You know, we <laughs> know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so, um, we have AI and we are doing some things with AI ourselves, but we are approaching it um, with wisdom. 
Yeah. Uh, the direction it's going today is going to go faster and faster. But I think that the greatest trends today are the uh, headless technologies that will provide the integrations and make five or 15 or 50 different systems work together as one. Now, I wasn't familiar with that term when you shared that with me, headless. What's that mean? It simply means that when we have a platform, it's a business platform that anything and everything can be built on. 85, 85% of everything that any business needs is on that platform. The other 15% might be personalization in the sense that it's what makes them unique as a business. Okay. That also means, though, that they have APIs for some pieces of equipment and technologies that they need to tie into it. So ours can come in, sit on top, and provide the integration for everything very quickly and very seamlessly. Business okay. rules matter. You apply the business rules to it, and you're up and running. Uh, favorite productivity hack? <laughs> I love it. The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's kind of funny. You know, the power of no is so huge. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I go back to my time as a pastor. You know, Satan, if he can't get us to uh, get caught up in, in evil, then at least get us so wound up in everything that is good that we can't see straight. Um, we need to be able to say no to the good in order to say yes to the best. And that means we need to know our jobs. We need to know what are these three things that are mine to do? What are these three things that the middle management is supposed to be doing or this director is supposed to do? And so when you know your mission, you know your calling, you know your responsibilities, start saying no to the other things. Focus that is such that. a blessing, Dana, because so many of us that have a heart to serve and, and do things, uh, and I'm one of those that got way overwhelmed by saying yes too much. Okay. And then, you know, I was up, you know, I was disappointing people because I was just way over my skis as far as stuff that I was doing. And you're absolutely right. That power of no, and as importantly, the focus, really understanding what your focus should be and being like laser on that to be effective and efficient with what you're doing. Um, <clears throat> I love that power of no. Uh, uh, who, who has been the most, uh, professional mentor to you? I'm laughing because I love this. <laughs> Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise, baby. <laughs> I forget which one of the movies that he was in, but, uh, it was one dealing with the Kobayashi Maru, which was a no win scenario. Right. And basically, you know, he says, I don't believe in a no win scenario. I'm going to make it happen. Well, I take 2 Corinthians one twenty that says, for as many as are the promises of God in him, in Christ, they are yes. Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. What I'm saying is, is that as long as you and I are walking in God's will, his plan, and are dependent upon him, there's no such thing as a you know, lose, lose scenario, as a no-win scenario. It's going to be a win. God has a way to bring it about. Okay. Uh, boy, I tell you, there's so much wisdom in, in this interview. I love it. And, and uh, not only interesting from the standpoint of some of the analogies that you like to use, but also the humility with which you do it, too. <laughs> uh, okay. So how would you like to provide hope to uh, customers, 
uh, friends, uh, people in church that have challenges? You know, it, it goes back to the spiritual again here because that's the foundation. In fact, we have this as part of the foundations for all of our employees. First and foremost is their relationship with God. If that's screwed up, they're not going to be all they can be. So I would say no, internalize it, personalize it, know what God's created you to do, what he's called you to do, what he's equipped you to do, what he will provide for you to do. If God calls you to do something, if it's a mission and he has placed it within your heart, scripture is very true. It says, I will give you the desires of your heart. Well, it doesn't mean that I can think of anything and just go willy nilly out there and say, well, this is what I want to do. It means I need to be in touch with the creator who places his creativity in me and what is there when I'm spending time with him. Oh my goodness. That's what he's calling me to do. And so he will empower that. He will protect that. He will illuminate my heart and life for it. He will provide for it. You know, uh, I have to ask you, Dana, because of the enormity of what you've done over the span, have you really felt that you're, the business was since God called you into this, you, he got you down the desert. He got you down, you know, in the, in the low, uh, lowest situation. Do you feel that y- your business is ministry? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't be doing it if it weren't, um, right. there's gotta be a greater reason to be in business than making money, making money. Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty easy. Um, I right. want to make a difference. Right. And I love the fact that you've created that grant for people too. And obviously that's good stewardship of what God has blessed you with, you know, and that you've been able to take and do something with that. And particularly in an area that can get really expensive, you know, it can be really all consuming. I've gone through six iterations of different websites and my goodness, I've spent thousands of dollars and I know, and just the amount of, just the sheer amount of time it's taken, you know, but Mm -hmm. Um, having somebody like yourself that has that knowledge and the integration, all that. Folks, I hope you uh, are going to take his information down. We're going to be posting it out there. But uh, Dana, obviously, today has shared uh, some very good wisdom and also some uh, areas of technology that is such a blessing. Okay, words of wisdom you've given to your younger self? (laughs) Listen more, talk less. (laughs) <laughs> good old philosophy i tell all of my students you know use got what god would gave you two ears and one mouth and use them in those proportions you know there you go and then I, this I, one, you say it better <laughs> this one i love is what is amazing cool uh exciting about you dana <laughs> that, that somebody doesn't know about you <laughs> that'd be the majority okay. of our listeners So when I was a pastor in Flint, Michigan, I think it was a December 17th, if I recall, I had a guest speaker uh, that Sunday and um, I was getting ready to introduce him. But prior to that, one of my ushers came up, handed me a little note and said, hey, since you're not speaking today, uh, why don't you introduce him and then come on back around? Um, We have a person here that would like to meet with you. And so I did that, Um, introduced the speaker, got him moving. I went behind, uh, met with this uh, mid, I guess probably a midlife kind of a guy, um, met with him in my office, closed the door and he pulls a gun on me. Whoa. Um, oh yeah. 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 It's a, yeah that, that's a sign of a bad usher. <laughs> he, he yeah. Be really. That's a real God <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this guy is saying basically, pastor, I want you to give me the offering. 
And um, I had him sit down on my couch and I sat over on my desk and I said, well, no, I'm not going to do that. That's um, it's not your money. It's not my money. It's it's God's. So people have been working for this and this is their gift to God. So I said, I'm not going to give that to you. And he says, don't make me kill you, Pastor. Don't make me kill you. And he pulls the gun. He stands up, comes up closer to me. And I said, listen, you know, I, I talked with him for probably five or 10 minutes. And, and uh, you know, he was just insistent that I had to give him the, the offering. And um, I said, you know, I said, we're going to help you to, you know, to get a job. We're going to help you to get employment. We're going to help you to, to get on your right feet. Nobody has to know about this but me and you. He said, we've got a couple of very trusted advisors. And he said, nope, nope, give me the money. I want the offering. And I said, you know, we're just not going to do that. But I said, maybe there's one thing that we can do. And um, I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you stay here? I'll be right back. And let me, let me go check with somebody. You know, criminals aren't the brightest. Um, he let me out of the office. Uh, inside our church were two guys that always carried three weapons on them at all times. I mean, they each had matching, they were best friends. They had matching Colt 45s. They had oh, matching geez. other gun down in their boot and another one at the their small of their back. And uh, I, they always sat on each side of the church, separate places. But I whispered in the ear of the one guy and I said, hey, we have a situation. He came out. We're out in the hall. So uh, the other guy comes out because he's always looking at the other one. And uh, they come up and say, what's wrong? And I said, well, guys, I said, I've been having a guy in my office hold a gun on me once the offering. And immediately up pops their 45s. You know, he pulls them out of their suit jackets. <laughs> they said, well, the one guy talks like this, you know, and he says, Preacher, we'll take care of this. I said, no, guys, sit down. I said, let's, let's go over to the door. And I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, I'm going to go back in. I'm going to leave the door not completely locked. But I said, um, if I can't come out in, in a minute, then you come in. And I just knew these guys. I mean, I thought they're going to kill this guy on my couch. And I said, we just can't have that. So I went in, closed the door behind me, but not locked it. Um, and he was on the couch. And um, he stood up and he said, so where's the money? He has the gun in his one hand. And I just thought, Lord, help me. And I grabbed hold of his arm, twisted the gun out of his hand, threw him up against the wall, um, escorted him out. And that's right into the arms of these two guys. And they each had, had their guns on him. Um, right at that time, though, the guest speaker got church out. And the first one running down the hall is my little two-year-old daughter. Daddy, oh, daddy, oh, daddy. Oh, oh, you know, oh. she comes up, you know, in her beautiful little Christmas dress. Oh, um, wow. And, you know, she jumps up into my arms. This guy is in between our, our two guys with, with guns on him. And now the whole congregation is coming out. Well, the bad guy ends up um, taking advantage of the situation. Somehow he struggled, got away. Um, and in the midst of, you know, the big masses of people, he gets out. Um, everybody's called 911. They end up tracking him down about five blocks away. Turns out that he had robbed another church just like this the week previous. And that uh, they suspected him in another church robbery in addition to that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, <clears throat> That is a very compelling reason, Pastor, <laughs> to do that. Hey, folks, well, Dane, I want to thank you so much for this. This was so entertaining. And, and just the, the way that you presented this and how God has blessed you and, and what you've done with those blessings, I just have to give praise and glory to God that he's had his favor on you, that he, that calling that he called you into, 
was massive of what you've been able to do with that. And, uh, and thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing for G7. I really appreciate that. Um, we're growing and we need that, that kind of help. And I just appreciate and want to recognize it. Well, folks, uh, stay with us. We're going to be back again in a couple of weeks with our next episode and guest. But in the meantime, please get out there to faithmarketplace.com. We have all of the podcasts out there uh, with any platform you want, from Google to iTunes to Spotify. Uh, go out and check them out. We've had some terrific guests over these last years. And uh, also, there's this little donate button on there. That's how this ministry survives, folks, is on the generosity of people like you, the listeners, and also uh, people that I've interviewed have supported us now for 11 and a half years. And I'd really appreciate that if you could go and give us a couple pennies, you know, uh, into the uh, into the hat, uh, and we'd appreciate that. So we'll be back here to inspire, equip, and encourage people of faith to live it out at work. 